Welcome back to the Standing Room Only Podcast. This is episode 91. Getting closer to that 100 mark. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of big news, I'd say, this week. Ben Simmons officially saying that he's no longer going to be a 76er. Justin Fields getting the start for this coming Sunday. Some baseball talk as the season rounds out. So guys are interested in all that as always you can follow us on social media at sr only pod you can follow our personal pages mine is at the healy six and i am i goose with four o's twitter instagram hit that follow so didn't get to tell you this but went to milwaukee for the brewers cubs game this past weekend and even though the Cubs were just out of the contention, it was like a Chicago Cubs home game in Milwaukee. What do they call it? Isn't that Wrigleyville North? They they call it Wrigley North. Okay. And but yeah, it was like majority Cubs fans. The Brewers have 90 wins. The Cubs aren't even contention. Yet the stadium was packed with Cubs fans. During the game, there was there was a couple home runs for the, for the Brewers, and at one point I kind of forgot that the Cubs were the road team. With them, hit, Ian Happ hit a home run at one point, and I was so used to like the lights flashing and like music playing that Ian Happ hitting that home run and him just running around the base bases with like the stadium sound silent. I'm like why aren't they playing any music or anything? And I was like, oh yeah, it's a road game. Yeah. It's crazy how much the Cubs fans will always show out regardless. It's regardless of how they're playing. Maybe it's because they've been, they've had so many years of being so bad that it's just like, at this point, it's like pride. Mm -hmm. Cause you get the South siders and as a Sox fan, I'm allowed to say this, but our fans are nowhere to be found unless they are leading think- the division. I think that's kind of like the Brewers too, like, and mm-hmm. Milwaukee sports in general, where it, unless it's playoff time, you won't necessarily see their stadiums packed to full capacity at any time, like mm-hmm. all times. Because with the White Sox, we went to went to a game, Houston Astros game a couple months ago, and it was like the ninth sellout of the year, and it was their like fortieth or fiftieth home game of the year and how how do you sell out nine nine of 50 games unless it is a big team such as houston because who doesn't want to see houston yeah in any city yeah it's so how many games does that make for you this year i am at 15 games at the moment i thought i was going to be done next week though the Reds come to town one more time to play the play the White Sox. We play a couple game series next Tuesday and Wednesday. So I don't know what you have with work. If you want to go to next Wednesday's game, Tony Santion, Tyler Stevenson, they'll be there. Oof. And that's uh, that's 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 in my uh realm of uh yeah the city there so yeah i'll have to take a look at that i i'm i'm always interested in going to games obviously i've only gone to two this year 
So, which is more than I've been to in a while, obviously not including the reasoning of COVID. Um, but yeah, you might end up at 20 because I don't know about you, but October baseball is coming around and, and we got playoff baseball. <laughs> Brewers are going to be in the playoffs. The, the White Sox are going to be in the playoffs. I have to go to a couple games. Yeah, like, definitely go into a game. <laughs> I was thinking about it. And 16 games next week would make it technically a tenth of the season I've been to, like in just like for a team's full schedule. Not all the same team, but like scattered around. It's it's, it's almost it's almost like you're a fan of the baseball game that's being played. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and I'm trying to like think of how many games per month. Six months. That's almost almost three games a month. <laughs> On top of all the content that you already post for MLB and this show. Yeah. You you are living every every person's dream that wished that when they grew up they could do. Yeah, pretty sick. Uh, not to include the amount of basketball games and football games, at least one football game. Football's pretty pretty it's it's only one game a week and it's obviously a lot more expensive than baseball games but i'm going to at least one football game i want to try to go to three bulls games this year yeah whether if it's on the road milwaukee so as far as professional games go i know for you you're going to top 20 i'll get to between five and ten somewhere depending on how the season goes um with the socks and then obviously with the bulls too so yeah, I'm still a lot of sports left to be played. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of sports, this is what the podcast is about. We got some football talk about week two in the books. Big news. Big news. Do we want to recap week two or do we want to get straight to the big news? Because we'll recap. We'll recap. Week okay, two. we'll Cause, recap. Because we'll that leads to the big news. It does. Week two is done. Week two was. An interesting week, uh, to say the least. We saw last Thursday night, Giants in Washington in, in a battle of the NFC East, which last year, last two seasons has been a joke, but quietly their defenses, like every team's defense is good, minus Dallas. And when I say good, mm-hmm. I mean they, they can hit the quarterback, they can force turnovers. Giants and Redskins ended up being a very entertaining game. I am every game becoming a bigger fan of Scary Terry McLaurin, the receiver for the Redskins. I've been a fan of him since probably last year is when it started to take off. Dude had a crazy catch in the game. He ends up having a crazy catch at least once a week. We're finding out Daniel Jones is the next Michael Vick. What the hell's going on? I don't even know. That was a good game. That was actually a really good game. Even though Saquon Barkley has yet to come around, he's slowly and uh, progressing in the offense as far as how many snaps he's playing. So he may end up coming around and being old, old Saquon. Maybe, maybe not. But that was a good first game to kick off week two, and it set the tone. Yeah, well, it, it was a shame that it did have to end on a fluke call. That completely changed the game. Which Dex- call? Dexter Lawrence perfectly timed the snap, and they called him offsides, 
which led to Washington kicking the field goal the again field goal. and then yeah. hitting it the second time because they missed the yeah. first time. They should they should review that always. And even then, did couldn't they? You can challenge an offsides, right? Under two minutes. Oh, you're right. It's at the end of the game. It's well, got to be. I don't. I don't even know if you could challenge offside. Wow. I feel like pass is... interference would be that, or like a place of a ball. Yeah. Wow. And it's not neutral zone infraction. They just called it offsides. They let them kick it. Because if he would have made it, they would have just declined the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah, yeah. Especially if he wasn't offsides, that is kind of BS. Yeah, the Good next game. day they came out with footage, and he, he timed it so well that it looked offsides in, like, real time. That's crazy. That's that, you know who that reminds me of? Who used to do that? Troy Polamalu used to be yeah. able to jump over lines during, to stop, like, fourth and goal on the one. I'll mm-hmm. always remember how crazy it was for him to time the snap and be meeting the running back at his line trying to dive over. Troy Polamalu used to pull, pull that off. Those refs, so, you know somebody's getting in trouble. <laughs> Giants covered that. They gave... Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah, for Washington. Giants covered. Some other big games, though. We'll, we'll save the one. We'll save the one. Yeah. I'm surprised 49ers-Eagles was as low scoring as it was. 17 to 11. You know, that's I a weird score in general. It is. It is. Uh, the Eagles, didn't they get the, they got a two point conversion um, on their first touchdown. Or no, that was in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. It was a very low scoring game until the fourth. So we knew the 49ers were predicted and projected to have a, they, historically the last couple of years, few years, they've had a pretty damn good defense. They were hurt last year, but last week we saw them give up huge plays in the fourth quarter to Detroit. And so my assumption was I benched the 49ers defense on my fantasy league. And I picked up Washington thinking, well, the Giants offense is struggling. Ended up not being the case. 49ers played a very good defense, but so did the Eagles. The Eagles actually, and this is what I was saying, the NFC East, they are one of those teams with a pretty damn solid defense. And that's not, the 49ers, I know their offense hasn't been great but they lit it up against Detroit and I know Detroit's not that good but to only score seven points through the first three quarters Eagles did a damn good job they ended up and the funny thing is Garoppolo ended up having like a solid game but his quarterback rating doesn't really show for what he actually did he had 100.6 quarterback rating only 189 passing yards they ran the ball Eh, not so well. The Eagles played a good defense overall. I like Jalen Hurts, even though he had a mediocre game. I don't want to say it was a bad game. I don't want to say it was a bad game. He ran for 82 yards. He throws a nice ball. He throws a very nice ball. I'm not going to compare him to Lamar Jackson, but you kind of catch that vibe there. Quarterback who can run and throw some darts. Mm-hmm. We had the Rams versus Colts. That that was another 12 p.m. slate. Rams came out on top. I think we saw Carson Wentz. Pretty sure that game he was pretty good. Colts 
He was 20 of 31, 247. He had a pick. He had only one touchdown. But from what I saw, he he had a couple couple nice dimes. Yeah, they did did pretty well for what they have um, and who they were going against. He did get sacked three times. But it's bound to happen when you're going against the Rams defense, which is pretty much top tier. Aaron Donald, that's all you got to say. They ended up pulling it off in the... uh, in the first half, it was it was actually a very close game the whole way. It was a very close game the whole way. This is like the only game that I didn't actually watch live. I went out to eat lunch and just so I can have all the games. And this mm-hmm. is like the one I didn't pay attention to. Um, oh, Carson Wentz, he left the game. He ended up leaving and then the backup ended up throwing a pick. Jacob Eason. Eason. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who it is. He threw a pick uh, late in the game too. So, damn, because it it looks like they had they had to go a while in the in their final possession. But yeah, not having Carson Wentz definitely hurts. That's gonna that's gonna kill them. The Colts with a good quarterback is a playoff team that can contend. With Tennessee, too, because Tennessee, we saw last week losing. And this week, they went up against Seattle and ended up pulling off that game. They actually beat Seattle by a field goal in overtime, um, which was a very interesting game because Seattle took a huge first-half lead, 24-9 to in the first half. And then out of nowhere, Derrick Henry, King Henry, who got 35 handoffs, Ended up destroying. In the second half, I, he had like a 60-yard touchdown run. He did Derrick Henry things, and he helped lead this team back to victory. Julio Jones had a pretty good game after kind of a mediocre game one uh, with Tennessee. Derrick Henry won for 200, almost 240 yards total in the game with three touchdowns. And I just want to point out, my fan duel lineup that I posted on the Standing Room Only podcast was one where I was like, it's a boomer bust. And I didn't post my other lineup that I actually created strategically a couple of days before. Ended up going off for like 170 points, which is big because for those who play, 200 points puts you in like the top percentile, like a top 5% guaranteed to win money. So I wish I posted that one. I'm getting better. I'm rusty right now. Still scored more than last week, which is key. But Derrick Henry, huge game against Seattle. And honestly, anybody facing Seattle, I feel like you kind of have to go uh, pick at least top top uh, receiver, top running back, maybe quarterback, depending on who it is. Some other games, some notable games. Bills destroyed Miami. Tua's out. Who knows how long he's out for. One of the best for you. Yeah. I was going to say, are you at all impressed by Houston? Yeah. With Tyrod Taylor, he's always been solid. It's just, he's always been in like an unfortunate situation that's kicked Mm -hmm. him out. Well, and now he's, I don't even think he's starting this next. He's on the COVID list. Oh man. Oh man. That's rough. 
Yeah, because he got taken out in that game. They put him on the IR. He's like on the IR IR? It just says they put him on the IR. That is I know he's on the COVID list. Maybe, you know, it's probably the, co- is there like a COVID yeah. IR? Yeah. There, uh, yeah, there is. Well, he has been playing pretty damn well. And I'm not going to say he, he's a replacement for Deshaun Watson. I don't think there's really anybody who can replace Deshaun Watson when it comes to skill. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is yet to figure out his legal situation, which we may or may not ever see him play again. And if not, and if what he did, and, you know, obviously that's a whole nother conversation, then so be it. Um, but Houston has surprised me. They don't have J.J. Watt. They got rid of Davion Clowney a while back, a couple seasons ago. They have Mark Ingram as a back. They have David Johnson as another back. Yep. Philip Lindsay as another back. Guys who have been in the league quite a while. Brandon Cooks at receiver. And then you get to the defense, and the defense, you're like, okay. Marcellus, you have, they got, you know, they picked up Christian Kirksey, who obviously was with Green, uh, Green Bay before. I mean, to put up 20, to only lose to Cleveland, and it was close Closer than expected. Cleveland ended up putting up 17 to 7 in the second half. That was the difference maker. Houston's, Houston's definitely a surprising team. Now, moving forward, I don't expect them to really win much. Yeah, especially with Tyrod Taylor not being under quarterback. Yep. <laughs> I feel like who's even their backup? Their backup is. Um, Mills, Davis Mills. Never heard of, of him. Stanford. Never heard drafted, of him. Drafted round three, pick three of this year's draft. Uh, played at Stanford. Rookie quarterback. <laughs> went eight for 18, 102 yards. Threw a touchdown. Threw an interception. Got sacked once. He also had two rushes for negative one yards. So... Whoever, whatever defense you want to play this week is probably who the Texans are playing. I uh, they play tomorrow, and they're playing Carolina, who have their defense actually has been playing extremely well. They've accumulated multiple sacks per game in the last couple of games, and I did pick them up. Didn't even have to grab them off the waivers; they were just there, free agents. Picked them up. It's definitely the steal of the week. I am facing. I'm facing my girlfriend this week. And this is where she finds out that I'm very competitive. Not only am I going to win, I make sure she doesn't hear me, but it's, it's going down. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Green Bay won. Monday night action. Aaron Rodgers looked great. I think he went like 10 for 10 or 12 for 12 or something like that on second and third downs, which was very, very, very important because the week before, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. Aaron Jones had himself a hell of a game. Four total touchdowns, three receiving, one on the ground. He had 67 yards rushing, 48 yards in the air, catching. Devontae Adams had a breakthrough game. 
not really. He had an, an, an average game for Devontae Adams. Eight catches, 121 yards. No touchdowns yet through the first two games. I'm expecting big things moving forward. Yeah, you know, all my timeline, I didn't really watch the game, but all of my timeline was Aaron Jones just scoring time after nonstop. Time. Nonstop. I'm glad I have him in my fantasy league. Still managed to lose by one because TJ Hawkinson, I was going against, caught a touchdown. Actually, TJ Hawkinson at some point has to be in consideration of top five tight ends in the league. I mean, I, I actually like him more than Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is a pretty damn good tight end for Baltimore. Besides that, the Lions, they got demolished. Didn't really show up in the second half. Saints got sh- destroyed by Carolina after the destruction on Green Bay in week one. Kind of a humbling game for Jameis Winston and the Saints. Still gonna, mm-hmm. I think they'll be solid moving forward. Two very, the top two games of the week had to have been Vikings, Cardinals, and Mm -hmm. Chiefs, Ravens. Oh, yeah. The Vikings getting flashbacks to all those missed kicks. Like, we think Chicago thinks it's bad with Cody Parkey. You have not seen what the Vikings have gone through in their history. It's been bad. They missed a field goal and an extra point. They missed a game-winning field goal from 37 yards out. You hear the a radio little... broadcast? I did not, no. The radio broadcast is like, all right, it's a 37-yard kick, two seconds left on the clock. Here's the snap, and it's good! Oh, no, he missed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it barely missed right. Uh, oh, man. They, uh... Wow, that's such a good offense. That's an offensive battle right there. I think the Vikings, I look at like how I look at the Cardinals, and you're like, they can light it up any given moment, any game, because not because of Kirk Cousins, but Dalvin Cook is unstoppable, it seems like, on the ground. And then the Vikings re- receiving court is nuts. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson... And then they have uh, K.J. Osborne, who is first year receiving. He's always, he was a returner last year as a rookie. He had, he's been pretty solid. And then you look at the Cardinals, and you have Kyler Murray, who I'm, I'm sold on Kyler Murray. I'm sold on this whole Cardinals team. Defense got a little bit better. Obviously, it was a high-scoring game. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green who, eh, yeah, I know he's older, but he can still do it. Christian Kirk. I like this team. 2-0. Very good game. It's just they're in the toughest division in football. And it will be for the next couple of years. I mean, there's no reason that the NFC West... I mean... The fact that they're all tied 2-0 and and Seattle's 1-1, and and I think we all... Did, did we pick Seattle to win the division? I picked the Rams. I picked the Rams as well. I, and then I decided to pick them going all the way. <laughs> yeah, it's... Wow. 
And San Francisco, and this is what we said, San Francisco toss a coin because if they stay healthy, we saw what they did leading up to last year. So, and Jimmy G's not a bad game manager. Besides that, you said there was another game, which I started to say. Chiefs-Ravens. Chiefs-Ravens. Very good game. I like the Ravens. This reminds me of two seasons ago when Baltimore was, I think, a 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Nobody could stop Lamar Jackson. Ended up being the MVP. Lamar Jackson, passing-wise, made the right throws. He's got a solid arm, but he, they forced two picks on him. Hit him a couple of times, got one sack. But he did what he does best. He ran the ball for 107 yards, two touchdowns. And Pat Mahomes didn't even have a bad game. They, the Chiefs' running game is not good. It can be. like There's going to be games where they run well. But they do not have a, a good ground game at all. And I think it's going to hurt them. You saw people... Crashing uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had a fumble in that game. Costly one. It was right at the end. Yep. I, yeah. I mean, luckily they do have the weapons that they have at the receiving core with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, which Tyreek Hill was quiet all game. 14 yards. Even then, so you look at that, you look at the stats, and you're like, there's no way the Chiefs had a chance to win this game, but they did. I mean, their defense, they, they, they had some big plays, and it came down to fourth quarter, the Ravens go unanswered 12 points, win the game, get a huge stop at the end of the game. Um, obviously, which was the, the fumble on, like, second down, and they were driving, too. Where were they at? Midfield? No, they were in Baltimore's territory. All they had to do was just run the ball. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't fumble. Take a knee if you have to and kick the field goal. How great was it that uh, on fourth down, John Har- or yeah, John Harbaugh was uh, he was like Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? Yeah, and he's like, all right, we're going for it. Fourth and one. In their own territory. That video was great. It was pretty much, you had to do it. As dumb as it like may seem, you could push them to like inside the 20 with a good punt. Pat Mahomes would have to drive down the field anyways. Like, no, you had the game sealed right there. Did not want it to get into Mahomes' hand, especially in a one-point game. And you have Lamar who could get you that one yard, which he did. They would have been able to get two plays off with Mahomes there. They would have had, with a punt, probably would have ended up having like 15 seconds or so. If he plays this cards right, Noah Mahomes, you give him enough, a little quick 10-yard play, get out of bounds. Now, what do you do? You have the fastest receivers in the league. Anything could happen. Harbaugh asking him that the video he was just like do you want to go for it and he's like all right let's go what did Lamar Jackson say in his press conference he said something like 
Like, hell yeah. Like, I want to go for it. I, uh... I like that. I like that. I think the Ravens are going to be good despite their injuries. But they've never been a team to have a star-studded back, at least not in the recent years. I know they used to have some, at least for their last Super Bowl run. But And that division's wide open. Pittsburgh, to me, is like they're good, but are they really that great Pittsburgh team that we've been seeing? Cleveland, they played a good game, actually, against Kansas City and blew it in the second half. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati. I don't think they're going to really compete. Not, not yet. Not for a couple of years. So Baltimore still could be that team uh, in that division, at least. So The main topic of a discussion for NFL Week 2, Justin Fields. He finally got some good playing time, especially because Andy Dalton got hurt during the game. So Justin Fields had to come in and he had a pretty decent lead as well. They were up, they were up pretty big from what I was seeing. And then, uh, the Bengals tried, tried coming back late, but it was too, it scored 14 points in the final six, seven minutes of the game. Yep. They came back and Justin Fields. This is, and, and I mentioned this before, and I compared it to the Bears-Cardinals. I think it was Josh Rosen was the quarterback at the time. Came in in the second half of a big game that, that was a close game. And he ended up getting destroyed. This, he's a rookie. It's his first big game. He's guaranteed snaps the rest of the game. Because we saw the week before, Josh, uh, Justin Fields actually didn't look that bad. He came in and made the right plays scrambled in this game he threw a bad interception he fumbled uh in the game didn't lose it but he looked shaky through uh he was six of 13 completions which is 46 percent quarterback rating was at a 27 obviously give him a full game it could change the question was when does he actually start over dalton for the reason that isn't what it is now for yeah. the fact that Dalton's hurt. So now it's like, hey, next man up. And we may never see Dalton start again. But I'm going to tell you this. Dalton was doing his job well. He was managing games. Obviously, they, obviously they got beat up by the Rams the week before. But the Bears at some points had looked like they were competing. I'm excited. I'm very excited for Justin Fields, not only because of the hype, but he gets to play. He's gotten reps in in regular season, and he's going up against a Browns defense that on paper's pretty good in the regular season. They've been giving up some points, and it's Ohio. They're playing in Ohio. What school did Justin Fields go to? Ohio, Ohio State. State. This could be a warm welcoming for him, actually. I think it will be. The over-under on that game is 46. They're giving the Browns a seven-point spread. It's a lot I'm not of a gambling. It is. I'm not a gambling man. Cough, cough. But to me, 
I almost feel like you have to take the Bears for the plus seven. I almost feel like you have to, especially because Cleveland, I know they won last week, but they only barely took off on the Texans towards this in the second half. The Texans, I'm not saying anything bad about the Texans, but they they blew their game against KC. Their defense is exposed. If Justin Fields can manage to pick at this defense a little bit, show signs of, okay, maybe I don't want to check down. Maybe I want to scramble out of the pocket and run it. Or maybe I throw some field Darnell Mooney, who is showing himself to be a pretty damn good receiver. Obviously, they have, you know, A-Rob, Allen Robinson, who has been okay so far. He's had some big catches. So there's threats. Having legs as a quarterback completely alters the defensive scheme. Not only for prepping before the game, but when he busts some shit out and all of a sudden they don't know what to do because this wasn't in the scouting report, or maybe it was, but we just didn't see it, he has the potential to have a big game. On top of David Montgomery, this is his year. Last year he had a solid year. I think he's going to have a bigger year this year. And the defense came alive last week. It's going to be a good game to watch. I'll be watching. That is a 12 o'clock Central Time start. That's got to be one of the game of the weeks, games of the week for me to watch. And I'm not, I'm a Packers fan. Obviously, if you guys have been listening, you know this. I am always a fan of the sport first. Real recognizes real. I love to watch what's exciting. And of course, Green Bay every week is exciting. I don't know how exciting it's going to be Sunday night against the 49ers because, yeah, last year, the Green Bay Packers took care of the 49ers, but historically, the 49ers have taxed Aaron Rodgers. So obviously, I always look forward to those games, but I'm definitely looking forward to this Bears-Browns game at Justin Fields. Mark your calendars. I did see someone tweet out that they thought a guy, well, the guy I saw tweet this out, very knowledgeable. He actually does the ratings for Madden, and he does a lot of review on tape. He was saying he thinks Justin Fields' internal clock is still a tad too low. So, and this but, is after his comment about the game being slow, but it's yeah. not. It's not slow. No, now he's going up against the first string guys, like legitimate players and schemes as well. Like you're. I don't know if they're the teams were going to pull out their top plays during during the preseason, more of just getting reps in. Now you're going to see a bunch of schemes and different kind of trick plays to to get to you. The Browns, from what I'm looking at, wow. So the Browns. Interception total defensively is one. Sack total. Of course, Miles Garrett's on that list. Miles Garrett, he has one. They have three total sacks all season. They're about to feast. They, I have a feeling, will 
because the Bears' other first-round pick is on the IR as well. Yeah. Is that Tevin? Well, he got surgery before the season. Now Borum is on the IR as well. They're, They're bound to get beat up. The good thing about Fields, though, is, compared to Dalton, is he has legs. Yeah. But... With the lack of experience, I feel like he is more susceptible to what we have seen with lack of experience and pressure is forced throws. Trubisky was perfect at it. He had legs, and he threw a lot of bad passes and threw a lot of interceptions. Yes. I don't know if the Bears will win, but this game is a very good game for Justin Fields to wet his whistle, if you know what I mean. To get his, not his toes wet, to just dive in and learn how to swim because he's going to get beat up. Miles Garrett's going to be in his face. And if all goes well, and I think if he has a solid game, you got to start him week four. Unless he has a completely horrible game and Dalton is back because it's not an ACL injury for Dalton. I think that is a juicier matchup for anybody, Detroit's defense. So if he can get through this alive, not get destroyed, make some good plays, make some good reads, scramble, run, whatever he's got to do to show he is the man in control. I say you start him against Detroit. Let him. That's a confidence game right there because there's no reason he shouldn't do well against Detroit. But it all depends on his his performance in this Cleveland game because obviously then the schedule gets very, very tough, very tough. Because at that point you have the Raiders. You're gonna end up facing Green Bay, Tampa, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, like the toughest teams in the league. I think it's good that they start him now. And it's, I understand it's because of injury. Regardless of the reason, let him, let him get beat up a little bit if it's going to happen. Because when you get beat up, you learn to, not how, to, to basically how not to get beat up is what it is. And if he ends up having a good game, so be it. Uh, this is... <laughs> This is a tough year. I need to know your take on this one, Healy. Yeah, it's it's such a tough year for him to get into this just because of how tough their schedule. It's it's easily like one of the toughest. I think they like. There's no easy point in the season for him to like come in and play really and learn the game. He's thrown into it. His only easy games will be. And even then, Detroit's a weird team where randomly they, well, Stafford's not there now, but. Divisional games are always tough. Yeah. Detroit and the New York Giants. Every other team is a playoff team that I'm looking at. Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota could be a, can sneak up somehow. I mean, I know they started off 0-2, but. Just got to hope that he takes this and learns from it. That, that's all that, that matters. I saw in his press conference someone talked about his interception 
And I think Trubisky would be like, oh, I got to go look at the film. Justin was like, yeah, they came out in a cover zero, but they actually played this formation and they got me. I do the pick, whatever. Like he knew what, what, what he went knew, wrong. He read it. And what yeah. to, to change on that. He looked at the tablet and studied it in between possessions, which is somebody, I mean, that's what you want him to do. He's a smart kid. He's going to be, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. I, I have this sense of, I don't know if it's because I'm from Chicago and I'm a Packers fan and I really kind of just feel bad for Chicago fans because they just, I've been so blessed, but I like a part of me wants him to do well. <laughs> we'll see. That's 12 o'clock Sunday, depending mm-hmm. on where you're at. Might be worth a start in FanDuel. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be very cheap. Maybe. I, I, I don't even know if I have the trust in him right now. Hope he proves me wrong, though. You don't have the trust in Justin? Ooh. Wow, that was a dad joke. I'm getting old. <laughs> Anyways, that is pretty much it. There's some games coming up. Uh, be on the lookout. If you do follow our Twitter, you already know. If you don't follow our Twitter, I want to see how how people kind of pick their daily fantasy for FanDuel. I don't do DraftKings. I, I mean, I, I do DraftKings here and there, but I kind of stick with the FanDuel daily fantasy. I always do the main slate, 12 o'clock games, and the uh, 12 and 3 o'clock games. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Think of my roster. So when you see me post, when you see the Standing Room Only uh, podcast post on Twitter, that is generally me. Um... I had some people comment on it before uh, who thought my lineup wasn't great, and that was after my score. But if you looked at it before, you'd have been like, okay, that's a solid lineup. So I want to see what other people post as well. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, now we'll move over to basketball. One big topic today, and it's Ben Simmons officially saying his time in Philly is up. Doesn't matter what's happening. He is officially saying, I am done. I will never play for you again. Trade me. I wonder, so Philly, they don't want to trade him. No, they don't want to. Unless they get the world back, which. Yeah, which is tough because Ben had a terrible playoffs. He has no value and teams know he wants out. So why are they going to give up a lot when they can just they wait. aren't forced to. Yeah. He's making like 33, 35 million a year. And it goes up to closer to 40 by the 2023, 2024 season, which is eventually when his contract ends. It's not just about, oh, we want Ben Simmons. It's financial for the team. There's a cap room in the NBA and you have Philly who's like, we don't want to lose him. So you got to give us everything, which in return, you kind of got to give them everything because you need the contracts to work. You asked on Twitter, who's a good fit. We had some good response. We had some consistency with the warriors. Yeah. The warriors for myself, I asked what's the best fit and what does a team give up? Because if I asked, what's the best fit for Ben Simmons? People would just throw out every team imaginable. I wanted to see what, what teams, what they think teams would give up. 
a lot of people say Golden State. I think Golden State's a good location just because I think of Ben Simmons, as bad as this will sound, it, it would fit their offense well. He'd be a better Draymond Green. He'd be like six inches taller. He already has the passing skills. He's a, a great defender, just like he is. He can handle the ball better. It's just they they both shoot terribly. Yeah. He obviously is not an offensive threat, which is weird because he randomly put up like a 42-point game in the regular mm -hmm. season. On Rudy Gobert, after Rudy Gobert said Ben Simmons was like garbage. Offense. Yeah, it's it's got to be a confidence thing for him. So it's, it's mental. A lot of sports is mental. The yips, right? The yips is yep. a thing. Because um, we're seeing him ball out in the open gyms again. Yeah, you see him. Well, uh, he can shoot the three ball in the offseason randomly. But I could see that. I can see Golden State would be probably one of the best fits only because of the style of offense matched with a very because he's obviously a really good defender where would you like and there's not really positions there's not a true point guard true shooting guard that's not that's out the window yeah Steph Curry's a point guard but Ben Simmons could still handle the ball and the thing about Ben Simmons there's times where he is able to force his way to the paint and that's going to even open up the three ball even more if he starts to find that mojo again but i i could see it but the problem with that is all right what is philly gonna want because they really want him but then they're gonna want the world doc rivers said today i want to somehow figure out how we can keep ben simmons there's no keeping him when a player says he's done he's done historically speaking yeah, now Philadelphia as a whole hates Ben Simmons. So, like, yeah, even if they even, even if they tough. did try bringing him back, and he was like, you know what? Yeah, let me let me come back. It's just the relationship is. Yeah, I well, the playoff performance killed him a little bit. The fans did not like that because their team isn't bad. They're they're they are wasting Joel Embiid's years. I mean, it's. Plain and simple. He is one of the most dominant centers in this era of basketball. Since Shaq, pretty much. Since Shaq, yeah. Jokic is good. Jokic obviously is the MVP. He's great. Yeah, but I don't think but of him as like a dominant, super tall center. No, he's more of a... He's one of those centers who just... he's He handles the ball every, up and down the court. Like, that's cool. When I think of like... Center, in the paint, offense, defense. Joel Embiid is it, and he can shoot the three ball when he needs to. I don't know what the Warriors can give up. Somebody said Andrew Wiggins. It's a few picks. I'm not going to be satisfied with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Nobody's satisfied with Andrew Wiggins or his contract. I just don't know what's going to work. Somebody said Boston. They would like that that him as a facilitator in Boston. And actually, I kind of like that. Good work. They have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think, I don't think either of those guys are great facilitators. They tried out Kemba Walker. But he just wasn't it there. Again, it's another fit where 
kind of like the Warriors, you already have shooters around you. And yeah. you just have to play your role. I'm trying to think who would even... I mean, they would have... Somebody mentioned a package for, like, Robert Williams. Marcus they Smart, have, Romeo Langford, and a bunch of picks. I That'd be tough. That's so tough. They did go out and they signed Dennis Schroeder to the $5 million contract. Oh, yeah. You know, it, they have Al Horford, which... His salary is nuts, $27 million. Can't believe that guy's making that. Um, you know, I, I would like to see, and this would be like my five for them. You would have Ben Simmons. You would have Jalen Brown. You would have, you could even start Schroeder. Jason Tatum and then Ennis Cantor, maybe. I don't know who's going to start at center. Ennis Cantor... There's some games where you're like, okay, he's a starter, he's good, but then, oh, his whole thing with Portland, his stunt there wasn't the greatest. Um, they could have a good team. They could have a good team, but then what, you have to give up Marcus Smart, who defensively brings so much energy and ha- randomly has sparks on the offensive side. Is it worth it? I mean, maybe. Maybe it is worth it. If they can make the contract. I like him in Boston. It would keep him in the East. It would keep him close to Philly so he can play them multiple times a year. Boston seems like a fun team that just never really, I would never gamble on. <laughs> and they kind of need to like, they're, they've gotten so close a couple of years now. Last year yeah. they had a bunch of injuries. But as we've seen in the East, it's super strong up top. It's very top heavy. Oh, so, absolutely. So I think their team right now, the Celtics, I would not pick them to come out of the eat. Maybe they I, would have to try and experiment with that move. The Celtics have no chance. And I'm I'm not gonna discredit Jalen Brown or um Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum to me is on his way to being an elite player or is at this point he's only 23 Mm. he's only getting better Jalen Brown I think we've seen the best of he's a scorer defensively he's pretty okay he's not a playmaker you know what you're going to get out of him Jason Tatum has takeover ability he has takeover ability he's getting stronger he's putting weight on he's working in the gym He can shoot, he can drive, he has good handles, he can facilitate here and there. I I don't see what's what's the worst that could happen if you trade away Marcus Smart and a package and maybe a first-round pick. Because here's the thing, they're good enough to where they won't get a lottery pick, Mm -hmm. but they're not good enough to compete unless they get somebody. And I know a lot of people are like, Ben Simmons sucks. Ben Simmons will help a team if the foundation is right it, like philadelphia is gonna hurt a little bit by losing ben simmons believe it or not offensively maybe not defensively yes boston would gain because marcus smart's defensive minded and whoever else i like him in boston or golden state one of those two teams and plus a fresh start can always help ben simmons he is very mm-hmm. young very young a weird team I saw was the Timberwolves. 
I saw like, that too. I don't I don't see him fitting there. Also, the Timberwolves just got rid of their president of basketball operations and their general manager. Carl Anthony Towns is losing it. He tweeted like WTF. Yep. The Jerson Rosas Rosas. Inappropriate relationship, workplace, got fired, creating toxic culture. The Timberwolves are the one franchise that I will never understand how they never competed with the excellent players that they've had. Carl Anthony Towns being the center that he is, and I know that he misses games. He might have a mediocre game here and there, but more times than not is a damn you add D'Lo, Mr. Ice in his veins. Andrew Wiggins, I know, ended up going to Golden State. I never really counted Andrew Wiggins as a, as a big-time game-changer, even though he had some big games. Yeah, but even so, like, they did have Jimmy Butler at one point. They had yeah. Derrick Rose. They had Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau goes to New York with Derrick. They're a playoff team. He created a good culture there to get them into the playoffs. I think that... I I really don't know. I don't know. The the biggest thing is, what moves are you making to want to keep your star player? As far as I'm concerned, Carl Anthony Towns and his contracts up has no, no reason to stay at all. And you're talking about a center who can average 25 and 12 or 13 a game. Every single game. The only thing that I could see them keeping him there is the development of Anthony Edwards, who is already proven to be a stud. A stud. Carl Anthony Towns is a free agent in 2024. A couple years left on his contract. Still super young. He's only 25 years old. They need to get him some help. And the weird thing is, like, I feel like he has the help. I just don't understand how they don't win. Yes. Don't understand. I like because we're not managing the team, Healy. Yeah. Yeah. You do a my GM on 2K and see what we can do. Would he fit? Would Ben Simmons fit? I don't think so. I I think that D'Lo is too much of a he needs the ball he needs the ball in his hands a lot more. Same with Cat. Kind of like needs it's like needs the I ball. I think he would fit. In that team. Oh. I feel like I feel like so they're starting five as of right now. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, who I like, Anthony Edwards, who I like, Jaden McDaniels. Average seven in almost four a game last year in 24 minutes. Not bad. Depending on what the package is, I just don't think they have enough to give up. You're not going to trade Anthony Edwards, obviously. Who averaged almost 20 a game in his rookie year and is like not even just turned 20. Are you going to give up D'Angelo Russell? Are you going to give up Malik Beasley? I, I don't even know who they give up. But if they did, if they were to get him, you can do D'Angelo Russell, 
Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Ben Simmons, and Carl Anthony Towns on the court at the same time. Ben Simmons, how tall is he? Is he seven foot yet? He's practically seven foot. He's like 6'10", 6'11". And he's, it's like, again, this would turn into a team where Ben Simmons technically is running the, the four, but he's not running the four. They could do it, I guess. I, I, it's my least favorite out of the out of the bunch. But in my order, I like Boston, Golden State, and then mm-hmm. somewhere maybe I guess Minnesota. And then the last team that got thrown in, random, but it's always a great location for people. Oh, San Antonio. Yes. Yes. Maybe Greg Popovich could turn them around. San Antonio. Even when they do have pretty decent players, it's always a spot where the media just isn't on. You, you don't really get a lot of media pressure there. Uh, you aren't like you could kind of relax. Popovich will put you in the right place. Like he gets you in the right system. I feel like you could send him there and people will kind of forget about Ben after like a month or so. And the next thing you know, it's like all-star break. And he's having a fantastic season while the Spurs are fifth in the West. Does that remind you of a certain player in recent, like, last couple of years? DeMar DeRozan? DeMar DeRozan. People forgot about DeMar DeRozan. I was one of them because of where he was at. And he put up cons- pretty damn good numbers. And as bad as the team was... They almost played in the play-in, or did they play in the play-in? No, they didn't play almost. in the play-in, but they were they were competing for it. Which I know the play-in's kind of weird because it's like two years in a row. And this is a team that right now is not a playoff team, but with the addition of Ben Simmons, could they be a seventh, eighth seed team? Possibly. I love Devontae Murray. I think yeah. he's he's really good. He's only twenty-five years old. I don't think they have a lot of money there either. Like it's not like pushing them there would clog up the system and then they would have no money to spend. I feel like they could spend some money. The only problem would be how much are you willing to give up? Like they are a team that still needs to develop a little bit. Are you going to give up a couple first round picks to try and boost up your your seating? Because those Which picks could be end up being part. a lottery pick. Might be yeah. a high lottery pick, but it's still a lottery pick at the end of the day. They would be, that would be more enticing for Philadelphia because San Antonio probably has a higher chance of falling into, into the lottery. Mm-hmm. Bottom 12. But maybe not. Maybe with the, addition, with the addition. I mean, I still don't think, I still feel like they're kind of weak in the paint. They had a dad young to come off the bench at the four. They got a lot of young guys. They got a lot of guys that are like 21, 22, 23. So maybe they don't. Maybe Popovich is like, eh, we don't need that. But you never know. Be an interesting one. I hope the rumors start coming along, especially because preseason's going to start up in the next couple weeks. So we could talk about this more. Final question before we head out of here. Do you think Ben Simmons is traded before the 
the regular season starts. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say Stets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking no. I'm thinking a couple weeks into the season, maybe. I I feel like it's either before or pushing towards the half, like closer to like all-star break because he'll have fresh legs for a playoff run because all-star break, it's I like just don't deadlines know. right there. I just don't know if you could hold on. Like, I get you can get some value back at that point. You don't want the Sixers to fall down the standings. They're already a very strong team. I think they don't trade him. The season starts and they're like, all right, let's let's get something going. And then a couple weeks go by. They finally just, you know what? Yes, we'll we'll accept this deal. Thank you. I agree, actually. At some point, too, you got to think about the fan base is going to be sitting there like, WTF. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, we, you know he's not going to play. Trade him. Get something. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're going to end up getting something because they can't just, I mean, he, what is he going to do? Sit for four years, three years, two years, whatever his contract is left? No. That's a good question, though. I could see it going either way. I just don't know, like, our team's going to be in a hurry to, to give up everything for him. Our team's going to wait a few weeks and keep his legs as fresh as possible, possibly. Those teams have all the leverage in the world. They, they, they want to get him for as cheap as possible. And guess what? As much as Philadelphia does not want to, they don't have a choice. He's not playing. He's not playing for you, so it doesn't matter. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, but it's more so damned if you don't, more so than if you do, if that makes sense. I think at the least, they should get a first-round pick because just because of his age and his skill, his skill set, playmaking ability, defense. Should get a first-round pick and a solid player in return. Maybe not a all-star. Like a Marcus Smart, for instance. I, I like Marcus Smart because he's an all-round player. But first-round pick for sure. Maybe not this year. And it could be protected. And let it roll okay. over. Okay. He's gone, though. There's no way he doesn't get yep. traded. And he might end up on the Lakers for, for nothing. Who knows? <laughs> LeBron works his magic. Yeah. Per usual. Finally, Horton Tucker gets traded. Yeah, right. If only After... if only Daryl Morey wasn't on the Texas or the Houston Rockets owners shit list. Ben Simmons would have been gone. For James oh, Harden. Oh, hands list. down. Oh yeah. That trade should have happened. They they screwed that. Well, it was because of Morey, but one place I can tell you will not go cuz I know that that was like a really random rumor I read was like to the nets in a package for like Kyrie. And I know like rumors are rumors, but shut that down. Nets are the team coming out of the East. If healthy, they don't need anything else. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the same room only podcast. Make sure you leave a like subscribe. If you have not already. So you get all the episodes. Hit the button, hit it release. Uh, you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy six. 
I'm iGoose with four O's. Make sure you follow our Stand Your Only, SR Only pod, on Twitter, Instagram. I'm trying to stay more interactive on Twitter. I'm trying to annoy people. I like bad takes. Actually, I'm not one of those guys with bad takes, but I'll do it if I have to to have some fun. <laughs> Seems like that's the route that a lot of these guys take. So, But definitely stay tuned. Definitely stay tuned, especially it's football season. Basketball season's right here. Baseball season is still here. Playoffs are about to start. Definitely don't want to miss out. And as always, we'll see you guys next week.